Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, everybody. This is Dennis Maka in studio for Red Sea Roundup. We have a very unique setup today, and I'm going to pass the baton to our normal host at this time, Judy Como, to explain what's going on. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I want to give a shout out to all of our uh, different areas that could be listening in today. I hope you are, and I hope you are well. We're listening on KEDC 88.5 here in the Bryan College Station area, KYAR 98.3 in Waco, Central Texas. We also have our station manager from Waco, Robin Waters. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, Judy. How are you? I'm doing just great. And we also want to welcome our listeners from KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine. Also with us is our station manager here in Vernon College Station, Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning, Thaddeus. Morning, Judy. How the heck are you? I'm great. Get, you're getting your, uh, I'm getting my Judy time in remotely today. How about that? I'm, I'm having a remote cup of coffee with our you and our listeners this morning. Awesome. Uh, yes, uh, this is a My cup of coffee is especially de- delicious this morning. Wonderful. Uh, this is a unique circumstance today as we are all calling in except for Dennis who is there in the studio. I'm the Lone uh, Ranger. Yeah, I'm the Lone Ranger in the studio. Pre-recorded the listening, uh, the interview portion uh, last Monday. I recorded this awesome interview with Father Ron Gonzalez. He is a spiritual director and works with the Montserrat Retreat Center in the Denton area. So listen in for the second portion of the show. It's a very enlightening conversation about spiritual direction, about retreats about Ignatian spirituality, lots of uh, wonderful information coming up. So today is Wednesday, March the 25th, and as I mentioned often on my shows, religious calendars have so much information for us listeners. We get it. Most parishes hand them out at Christmas. But there's so much information on that. But today, we celebrate a solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord. Thaddeus, we talked a little bit before the show started about that. And uh, talk a little bit about how your family is going to use this uh, day as a feast day. Yeah, I, I, uh, I leapt out of bed this morning and uh, ran into my little seven-month-old daughter's room. And she she was... She was crying for us to be picked up, a be- one of those beautiful kind of, you know, young infant cries. And I picked her up out of her bed and I said, happy name day, Josephine Marie. 
it's the feast of the Annunciation, and we all got downstairs together, all of our family, and we sang Happy Name Day to you, which in our family is just a variation on the Happy Birthday song. So, listeners, uh-huh. you can guess what that sounds like. And then we we usually pray a, a Hail Mary in the morning together. We try to most mornings. This morning we prayed the Hail Holy Queen together, and uh, we're going to have some treats today and, and make a big day of it. And the reason my coffee is especially delicious today is I have cream and sugar in my coffee this morning. So it's so much better than that <laughs> black sludge that I've been drinking all Lent long. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to pray the, uh, I'm, I already prayed my first decade of the rosary today, but I'm going to pray the joyful mysteries today. Uh, meditated on the Annunciation before I got on the phone with all of y'all today. So it's just, just an exciting day today. And it's, you know, we talk about Christmas in July, you joke about that secularly, but hey, ask your kids today, what are you looking forward to about Christmas? What do you, what do you, what's some of your best memories of, of Christmas mass and look forward to, to Christmas because in nine months, exactly nine months from today, it is going to be Christmas day again. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that is, uh, we're talking about a feast day, the Annunciation of the Lord. And I would think that possibly we have listeners that are kind of giving pause saying, okay, what is that? So mm-hmm. let's uh, talk just a little bit about what the actual word, what the Annunciation, what does that actually mean? Yeah, this is the yeah. announcement by the angel Gabriel to Our Lady that she would be the new Eve, she would be the new Ark of the Covenant, uh, she would bear the Savior to the people of Israel and to the whole world, our Lord Jesus Christ. And you can find this, uh, the reading for today is from Luke chapter 1, where that event takes place, and she asks about uh, how can this be? I don't have relations with a man. And Angel Gabriel says, the, tells her about the miracle of her cousin's uh, conception of John the Baptist. And Mary gives her great fiat, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And that's the, that's the Annunciation. Luke chapter 1. Correct. Right. And every... Um when we pray the Nicene Creed, there's a throwback to this very thing. We remember this when we pray the Creed. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Indeed. Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. Indeed. So Indeed. Uh, this, this feast of the Annunciation um, brings together three Catholic beliefs that are very important to our faith. The incarnation that we're talking about, it also uh, exemplifies our devotion to the Blessed Mother and how mm-hmm. we honor her, her enunciation at this time. The great mm-hmm. mystery, like, like a lot of things, um, and as you spoke of her fiat, her yes to God, reverses Adam and Eve's no. And we meditate on the Gabriel's announcement in those joyful mysteries that you were talking about. Yes, 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 indeed. And um, you talked about the mystery of the incarnation. Um, there's a great piece of, of artwork 
uh, called The Annunciation of the Virgin Mary by Carlo Crivelli. And we'll try to get a link to that on our Facebook page today. It's in the National Gallery in London. But anyway, in that painting, one of the symbols that he puts in that painting is light passing through a glass vase. And you might wonder, well, what, what's the symbolism there? And it's simply that light passes through glass without fracturing the glass. And in that same way, uh, we, we think of Christ's birth uh, not fracturing or breaking Mary's virginity. And, yes. and the, the mystery of God becoming man, God becoming enfleshed. So I highly encourage you to, to maybe look at that wonderful painting and meditate well, I'm wondering on I, it today. I, I did a little Google search to be able to contribute to this conversation, not completely on my memory. And there is a picture that kind of have a red stripe in the background and then a blue all the way to the right. I'm wondering if this is you're describing the image that I'm looking at. Well, we'll anyway, make a we digress. We'll make a Facebook post on that for sure, Judy. And and one thing else cool. that we're also going to make a Facebook post on and and let y'all know about is the Annunciation yeah, that, message of hope from our unite our, our Texas Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's something that I think it's it's a full page long, so I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to actually have enough time to, to give a snippet, but just stay tuned to our webpage and our Facebook page, and we're going to send this out as a, a blast to, to everyone to listen to, uh, uh, to, to look at um, on their own. And, uh, you know, we found awesome. some—it's a, it's a message of hope during a time of change, a time of, of craziness and crisis— uh, I want to talk to Robin briefly because we only have yeah. about five minutes left in this segment. Robin, uh, you were calling around yesterday. We were going to uh, promote the confession times and, and open church times um, to all our listeners to let them know kind of what's going on in our area churches. But you found some very varying results, didn't you, because of our, our d- disaster declaration and emergency declarations that have been given in both of our areas. I really did. Um, seems that that the parishes, you know, basically are uh, uh, the pastor has the authority to to handle things as he likes, which he should. And so some parishes uh, con- uh, confessions are going on as as scheduled. Mm-hmm. Uh, some aren't. In uh, in some places, the churches aren't really open. In uh, most of them, they are. So what we were encouraging people to do is to go to our we- website, redsearadio.org and uh, find their parish on there and look on their webs on the, your parish website. <clears throat> and so you'll know mm-hmm. if your church is having confessions uh, and when, you know, things could have changed. And uh, because, you know, we're right here in the middle of Lent. And even though we're in a, these uncertain and unsettling times with a lot of anxiety for people, uh, we know that we gain peace by being part of that sacrament and, and, uh, Cleansing our souls and uh, hearing the hearing the priest say, uh, uh, "You're forgiven of all your sins. Go in peace." And it's a uh, it's something that uh, I was kind of reflecting on this morning, and and I found a prayer. If you don't mind, I'll share it real quick. It's from uh, Saint Alphonsus Liguori that uh, uh, it's to help us prepare before we examine our conscience, even just before mm-hmm. when we're thinking well, we, about approaching the Lord. We got two and, minutes. Uh, 
Okay, I can do it in 30 seconds. Okay, go for it. Uh, he says, Lord Jesus, light of our souls, who enlightens every man coming into this world, enlighten my conscience and my heart by your Holy Spirit, so that I may perceive all that is displeasing to your divine majesty, and may expiate, and may expiate it by humble confession, true contrition, and sincere repentance. Amen. 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 Oh, so everyone, there is a message of hope out there. Um, if you want to get some more message of hope, listen to last week's podcast of our Red Sea Roundup as well, where we talked about that very thing, hope and joy in times of crisis. You know, this is a time of, of craziness to where, you know, I'm the only one coming into the studio these days just for uh, prudence and for safety of everyone involved. We've been uh, recording a podcast for St. Mary's Catholic Center here in which we are located. So we're grateful to be able to make that a service to them. But, you know, we're, we're trying to keep everyone safe. And uh, it's not just those that are young and those that are uh, in, in middle ages, but those that are, are elderly and have uh, immunodeficiencies that, that are, are going to make them susceptible to, uh, to a virus like this. So stay hopeful, especially on a feast day like this. Wouldn't you say that, team? Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. So our, our, our setup's going to be a little different and for the time being. Um, until further notice, we will do uh, uh, recorded shows and pre-recorded uh, roundup. Uh, we'll do live in the first segment to be able to bring the team together with me in the studio. But we're going to continue to bring you lots of different programming to give you education on your faith about what's going on in our world. Uh, I think we need to do a big call to repentance because— uh, you know, there's that whole sackcloth and ashes thing that they used to do. And I think we, uh, while we don't need to all just throw on some sackcloth and go sit out in public, we need to possibly really repent of the things that we've done on a daily basis. And so you'll hear more programming like that from Red Sea Radio. One last thing I want to mention is that uh, our benefit dinner in Waco is, is significantly in question whether or not we'll be able to hold it uh, on May 7th. We are definitely wanting to postpone that if that's going to be the case and still have that benefit dinner, but stay tuned. But with that, we are going to be uh, in a bit of a financial crunch. So if you uh, and your loved ones feel uh, that Red Sea has been a benefit to you during this time of crisis especially, we ask that you go to our website at redsearadio.org for a one-time or a monthly donation that will help us tremendously, wouldn't it, gang? Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yes, we, Absolutely. We want your and need your help. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. So we're going to be going to the break here in 10 seconds, but stay tuned for Judy's interview. Uh, uh, Pre recorded last week, but it's a wonderful Montserrat interview with the priest that's in charge of that retreat house. And with that, we'll be right back after this break. Hi, Red Sea Roundup listeners. This is your host, Judy Como, and you'll be listening to a recording from March 16th. Thanks and God bless. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. If you're just joining us, my name is Judy Como. I'm your host today for Red Sea Roundup. This segment is pre-recorded, so you can't call in and ask any questions today, but we're so 
excited to have uh, Father Ron Gonzalez on our show today. If you are listening, I want to welcome all of our listeners here locally in the Bryan College Station area listening on Red Sea, KEDC 88.5, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 in Palestine, the local Holy Land uh, of Texas. Father Ron Gonzalez is the retreat director at Montserrat Retreat Center over there in Dallas. Welcome, Father Ron. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this. Well, I'm so excited. Um, as I spoke with you briefly before we started recording, uh, I'm most excited to have this interview, number one, because one of our listeners suggested it. So shout out to Ann Bame. Thank you for your suggestion and for uh, Father Ron and I and Thaddeus. Good morning, Thaddeus. I want to... Hey, good morning again, Judy. Yes, I've had just... And good morning, Father Ron. Thanks for joining us. Good morning to you, Thaddeus. Thank we you We had just a few minutes, few minutes to touch base before we started recording, and I feel like we're already good friends that we're just going to have a little roundtable discussion about our faith and about deepening our faith. Um, Father Ron, tell us just a little bit about yourself and your priesthood. Sure. Well, I am a Jesuit priest. I have been a Jesuit for 28 years and an ordained priest for 18 years. So we start counting when we first entered. I uh, entered at 25. I was a high school teacher in Montgomery, Alabama at a Catholic school. Can you believe that? A Catholic school in Montgomery. <laughs> and uh, I felt uh, there was a, an invitation, I guess you could say, an invitation to join the Jesuits because I had been taught at Loyola, New Orleans, and uh, and so I, uh, lo and behold, as we as I like to say over here, coincidence is God's way of being inconspicuous. So coincidentally, I met the vocations director in Mobile at the ordinations. I was there one summer, and uh, kept in touch. And soon thereafter, about a year later, I applied and I was accepted. So I am just uh, thrilled right now to be here in Lake Dallas, which is north North Dallas, and right by the Denton area, Denton County. So. I've uh, been here nine months now and giving retreats, uh, Lenten mission, Advent missions, spiritual direction, just the things that I truly love. So thank you for inviting me to be part of this. Wonderful. I, um, I'd i like for us to just talk a few minutes about a retreat. Very likely okay, yes. um, our listeners may not be as familiar with retreats as others. So I, I like to, as soon as I hear a word that Maybe a convert could be listening or someone who's joining the church, God willing, at the Easter Vigil. Um, I'd like to just kind of grab that word and let's talk just a little about bit about that to help others yeah. understand a little better about what a retreat actually is. Yes. Well, as it was pointed out to me the other day, you know, after uh, they finished a retreat over here, they realized that the two words re and then treat, it's a treating treating ourselves to time away from work, uh, treating ourselves for quiet time, for focusing, for listening. Uh, many people who are listening, uh, maybe they have made some retreats, maybe like, uh, you know, axe retreats or chirp retreats or evangelization retreats. But this is a, a unique opportunity because we actually have a place, a physical place. We've been here for 60 years. And so the retreat is for anyone, whether they're Catholic, whether they're uh, converts or searchers, 
we have Christians, we have certain people that are still looking. A retreat then is a place for to step away, in this case for three days, and uh, to a place where you can listen. You don't have to worry about cooking. We have, you know, we have food over here, we have cooks, you have your own room, your own bathroom, and 30 acres of property. And uh, basically a retreat here is a series of about nine talks starting uh, Thursday night, typically Thursday night, and finishing up midday on Sunday. So during that time, uh, you attend the talks, you listen to the talks that are given based on Ignatius' uh, spiritual exercises, you have quiet time, daily mass, uh, opportunity for confession, time to visit with one of the the priests that's uh, on staff here, and, and usually these conferences individually, one-on-one, are uh, questions that maybe people have or maybe they want to bounce something off. But ideally, it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that's the retreat master, the retreat director. And yes. so it's spending time. So when I, when I start my talks, I say, let's pray first. Let's ask for the Holy Spirit to first inspire me, but also open your ears and your heart and to see and to be attentive. What is it that the Lord wants to give you? So it is... Quite frankly, it is probably the best treat that one can give oneself, uh, like a vacation with Jesus, in short, a vacation with Jesus. Oh, that's so, it, it just is a calming sense, just just talking about that. Um, so you've mentioned um, that Montserrat has uh, been in function for about 60 years, so Let's talk a little bit about where it is, how that all came okay. about, and the history of the retreat center. Well, as it says here uh, in our little folder, it says, Montserrat exists through the grace of God. And that grace, 60 years ago, uh, one of our Jesuits was, um, was sent here to this area to buy a piece of property and to establish a retreat. 60 years ago, the retreat movement was very popular. And it was a way to help people who are already on the journey to deepen that faith life. So they bought about 38 acres of property here in uh, Denton County, which is in Lake Dallas. And so 38 acres with the lakefront, which used to be, of course, Lake Dallas is now Louisville Lake. And it's that exit, uh, Swisher Road, right there as you're going up towards Denton. Uh, You'll see Swisher Road on the left side is Corinth, and then we're on the right side, Lake Dallas. So the property is really 38 acres of, of beautiful property, uh, places to pray, places to walk, chapel, a little little dining hall, and uh, and each person, like I said, has their own room. So beyond just having that privacy, it's just the separation. The silence here is is breathtaking, amazing. The scenery, all of that, and so it really is a time a time away. So that's where we're located here in Lake Dallas. And so you said it was established 60 years ago? Yes, 1959. Mm-hmm. 1959. And so really, it was for the Dallas Metroplex area. And as you know, um, although Catholics are a smaller portion here, there's still a very large number of Catholics in this area. And uh, a lot of folks don't realize this great resource that is here, because not only is it for retreats, but we also serve the priests and the deacons in Tyler, in Dallas, Oklahoma, in Fort Worth. And so they often come over here during the week when we don't have retreats, and they make their priest retreats over here, deacon preparations. People come here for spiritual direction. So it really is an amazing resource that a lot of folks don't know. So that's why I'm glad that we're on the airwaves to 
let people know that this is available. Yes, Father, I have uh, friends, actually friend relatives that lived in the Dallas area and uh, born and raised here in Bryan, moved to Dallas for uh, a, a good while and has mo- had moved back home and she has made it a habit to attend retreats there, and uh, now she kind of invites a c- group of women to go uh, on retreat there, and uh, she just talks about how beautiful the grounds are and how calming it is to be there. Uh, you mentioned yes. um, spiritual direction, and I'd like to elaborate a little bit about that. I know from my own personal experience, I thought— Spiritual direction was something that I had to be, okay, when I get to this level in my faith journey, then I'll be ready for spiritual direction, like graduation or something. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, thanks be to God, my spiritual director found me <laughs> uh, wow, through, through one of those Christ incidents, coincidence things that you yes. were talking about earlier. But mm-hmm. um, let, let's share a little bit with our listeners about spiritual direction itself, and then we can apply that to what y'all offer there at the retreat center. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one of the things like yourself is that people who are on a journey, on a faith journey, there is a a beginning, there's a middle and an end. Mm -hmm. And typically at the beginning, we're catechized, you know, assuming that we're Catholic from the beginning. So from the womb to the tomb, we're catechized both by our parents, if we're fortunate enough to go to a Catholic school, we're catechized there. But then later on, we, as uh, young adults, uh, at some point go off to college, sometimes again, sometimes a Catholic university, sometimes not. At some point, we have to make the faith of our parents or the people that have taught us, we have to make it our own. In making it our own, uh, there are times that we run into some questions, some doubts, some uncertainties. Uh, of course, as a young person, we, we can't get, get everything in, one, in one, one period of our life. It's always, it's always something that is growing. So the spiritual direction has to do with, with having a person who, who also is on that spiritual journey, but one who is trained in helping you to identify where is Christ right now in my life? Where is he inviting me? What are some of the resistance or what are some of the areas that I'm, I'm finding myself, uh, you know, getting stuck in some of the impediments. So it's not, it's not uh, psychological counseling, although it might overlap in some areas, but it really is as you build upon your relationship with Jesus, where is he leading you? What is he saying? And, and so the spiritual director, namely myself or others who are trained in it is really to listen and to accompany the person on their journey to ask questions. So, for example, one of the things that uh, came up recently was, you know, uh, it comes up with family. It's always about, you know, our children, your children who are (laughs) young adults and who have fallen away oftentimes. And there's that desire, of course, well, well, what happened? What did I do? I said, no, you, you start their journey, I said. And once they themselves have to make the faith their own, now you have to kind of step back a little bit and allow them to, to continue that journey. And sometimes they may, they may take a hiatus. They might take a sabbatical. They may step away from it. But to trust that what, what, what you have begun in them is something that will come to fruition maybe even after you're, you're gone, maybe even after the Lord calls you. So therefore, that trust 
is really one of helping the person to trust, to move in that direction, to not try to control their adult children, but to ask the question, can I leave the door open? Can I leave that door open so that they know that they can come to me, much like the prodigal son? He knew where to go back. He knew where his home was. And so it's, it's really helping them in whatever part of their journey. And typically, I get people that are, you know, these are adults. These are people that are not necessarily millennials, although I have a few millennials, which is amazing to me because these folks, too, are seeking out spiritual direction. And I'm just, I'm truly amazed. I'm 52 years old. And so when I have a 25-year-old in front of me who's been catechized by, uh, by Bishop uh, Arch- uh, Sheen, you know, Bishop Sheen through videos, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. So you see, even Bishop Sheen or Bishop Barron or someone else is able to catechize these young people. So this is where spiritual direction comes in. It's a privilege. It is a grace to walk with people who are seeking to know Christ even more. Oh, that's it was as if you were giving me spiritual direction by explaining what spiritual direction actually is. So um Lots of people have spiritual directors that they meet with. I meet with my spiritual director once a month, and I have for about seven years. Um, But aside from that regular monthly spiritual direction, let's take our listeners on uh, a semi-journey, doing the little quotation marks in the the air, um, of looking ahead to a a weekend retreat with y'all. Let's kind of take a little virtual retreat and walk our listeners through what that could look like and how a weekend involved in the retreat and a couple of spiritual direction opportunities there. Let's let's kind of Mm -hmm. create that in in our listeners. Okay. Okay. So first and foremost, I think uh, most of your listeners uh, will probably may or may not have, but if they do, they would have a a computer where they can get on on the website. So they can actually go to our website first, www.montserratretreat.org. Or if they want to do it even easier, they can just put Jesuit retreat houses, you know, and you'll find it'll take you to the map of the U.S. where we have several retreat houses. Ours just happens to be uh, the only retreat uh, house Jesuit retreat house here in the state of Texas. The other one is in other one closest to us was up in Denver and in Louisiana. So a person goes to that website and they kind of look around. There's a video there, a little YouTube video, but uh, we basically have retreats for men and retreats for women. But in addition to that, we also have retreats in Spanish. We have couples retreats, recovery retreats, and Saturday mornings of renewal. So for example, one of the retreats that's coming up is a woman's retreat coming up, and uh, that will be coming up March. Uh, I think it's actually, we just had it March. It's actually this weekend. It's March 19th uh, to the 22nd. But the one that I'm giving is April 2nd to the 5th. So that retreat is in English, and they, they basically can go online, and they can either register online to that particular retreat or any of them that are listed there, or they can call us over here at the retreat house. Uh, we have 940-321-6020. And they can speak to one of us because we're on site. We live here and, and we can help them to, to uh, get set up, pick a date that would work for them. So you're looking to get away for three days. Thursday evening, people arrive here about between four and seven. They sign in in the front. We've, we're waiting for them to greet them. 
They bring their, their, you know, luggage or whatever or bag for three days of stay and uh, begins with dinner. Begins with dinner where they uh, typically will have around up to 50 people, but we've got 66 bedrooms, 99 beds. So, I mean, we've got plenty of space here for large numbers. And so once, once dinner is finished, we go to the chapel and they have their first, their first welcome talk, their first welcome talk, and, and sort of, as it were, sort of ease ease into the quiet into the solitude so if you have a a stick shift car you got to go from five to four to three (laughs) so you got to ease them slowly into it right yes sir and so for a lot of people uh we tell them this is a time to really to really not to worry about the distractions we encourage them to leave their phones in their car if there's there's an emergency number that they can call of course for us or if family members have an emergency they can contact the innkeeper which is the other Jesuit that's on call. So we're always on call. And uh, to really allow that silence to happen. The morning they sleep, in the morning they get up, they have breakfast, they have their first talk at nine. Then they have the conferences are open. If they want to visit with the priest, they can sign up for 15 minute slots throughout those three days. Uh, they can they go to the first talk and we usually give them materials. And just listening to a talk on the, you know, of course, the spiritual exercises, listening to the talk, they stir up things within the person. And we usually give them little prayer periods, suggested readings. But we also say, but this is just a suggestion. Ultimately, let the spirit lead you. You may want to go and you want to get your favorite passage or something, but you let the spirit lead you. So that's what happens in those three days. We have a rosary. We have stations of the cross. We have adoration. Plenty of time to uh, to pray uh, and to be with Jesus. Well, that's um, a very good uh, explanation of that. You mentioned also that non-Catholics utilize the uh, the grounds, and when when that happens, how do you? You're still the leader. You're still the. Uh... Okay, so this is something that uh, we we here to serve the spiritual uh, the spiritual needs. It's it's here to help people to grow closer. So so really, it says. Um, our purpose is to uh, is to help people on their journey. It's uh, the transforming, bring the transforming good news of Jesus Christ to individuals and society. So what we do is, during the week, we also rent out the place. So we rent it out, for example, to there was a group that comes from uh, Abilene, Abilene Christian. These are the Church of Christ, and so they come here. They bring about. Uh, 30 or so people, and uh, they themselves bring their speakers, their own leaders. So, they, you know, so in that sense, we, but they, they're interested in Ignatian. So we join them for one of the talks and we give them some exercises. And it's amazing because when they, when they are able to get into the spiritual exercises, now remember that for us, Mary, Mary, the mother of God is extremely important. So in the, in the meditation uh, uh, of the birth of Christ, uh, one of them, you know, shared with us how, you know, there he was in the meditation, and he's there holding the baby Jesus. And all of a sudden, he's moved to turn to Mary and just say, Mary, thank you. Now, for those of us who are Catholic, if we don't understand that Mary is, they're not, they don't understand why is Mary so important to us, that allowed him to understand. In that moment that he's holding the baby Jesus, he is moved to look to Mary in the scene and say, Mary, thank you. And so already there, you know, they themselves are are uh, stretched in their own spirituality to understand something wider than 
then that uh, it's it's not just Jesus, but an, a, a gratitude, a gratitude to Mary. So we we rent it out to different people that that uh, in some ways it's to help their spirituality. Um, Jason's Deli, they bring some of their leadership over here again, uh, ethics and business. And it could be any group that really wants to uh, that, to use this place besides um, priests and deacons and other searchers. Oh, that That is very fascinating. Um, you mentioned the spiritual exercises, and I'd yes. like to uh, yes. talk a little bit more about that, what it actually is. Okay, good question. So, so uh, Ignatius of Loyola was the founder of the Society of Jesus, otherwise known as the Jesuits. And most people would have heard of us at some point, certainly uh, when we had Pope Francis, uh, who was uh, uh, elected as, uh, uh, you know, the Pope. Well, he's the first Jesuit that was ever elected in the history of our of our papacy. So we fell off our chairs because we never imagined a Jesuit would be elected Pope. And part of the reason for that is because sometimes, number one, it's in our it's in our our vows. We can't seek to be bishops or cardinals, much less pope, uh, except through obedience. And so here, you know, here you have one of our our members who is is elected as as the Holy Father. So that's why it was kind of unusual. And uh, most of the time, you know, uh, we're in the educational area. But what holds us together as Jesuits, because you have Jesuit preachers, teachers, doctors, lawyers, writers, missionaries, authors, Mitch Pacwa, of course, is a Jesuit. And so, you know, when we say you meet one Jesuit, you've met one Jesuit. But what holds <laughs> us together, yes, but what holds us together is the spirituality, which is referred to as the spiritual exercises. And the spiritual exercises basically are the notes of St. Ignatius's own spiritual conversion and that journey that it took, you know, so the event that was pivotal in his moment was when he was hit in the leg by a cannonball. And while he's recuperating in the castle in Spain, in Loyola, Spain, he begins to slow down enough. He begins to slow down enough to, to be attentive. And so, you know, here he's reading the, he's bored. He wants to read. And the only thing they give him uh, is the life of Christ and the life of the saints. Well, you know, when you have time on your hands, as many of our listeners might know now, since right now we have plenty of time on our hands in, in the home, and, well, we read or we watch TV or something, or we read the Bible, or we pray. So he was moved by, the, you know, reading about the life of Christ and the saints, particularly St. Saint Francis of Assisi, and he began to imagine himself, well, I could do this too. I could, I could be a soldier for Christ. I, you know, he began to use him, his imagination. So the spiritual exercises is really, uh, in summary, if I could say it in one phrase, is finding God in all things. Finding God in all things. In every event, the sufferings, the struggles, in the joys and the sorrows, finding God in all things is much broader than just the happy things, but also, for example, even this a coronavirus type thing, you know. I'm I've been praying about it. I've been praying through it, and I'm beginning to see the um, the possibilities, the possibilities of how even through this, bringing people together, helping people to slow down, to realize that we're not here forever. In Italy, people are opening their doors, and in some of the neighborhoods, they're singing. People are bringing out their saxophones, their drums, their their keyboards. 
you know, and, and there's that, uh, even the churches that have been closed, people are yearning. It's like, my goodness, I, I didn't realize how much I enjoy the Eucharist, how, how important it is to me. You know, traveling from Dallas to Fort Worth, because here we had masses yesterday, but Dallas didn't. So the idea of seeing beyond these things, what are the things that are important to us? So the spiritual exercises really is finding God in all things, like uh, physical uh, exercise, spiritual exercise. Very beautifully said. Just having the same conversation with our people here in the, in the studio, I had a couple of stops on my way here uh, this morning, uh, trying to be obedient with social distancing, yet being practical and, mm-hmm. and living in the world. And we could elaborate more about that, but I'd really want to focus on uh, the retreat center. And so a, um, I w- imagine y'all have a format uh, to follow, whether it's um, oh, yes. Catholic men, yes. Catholic women, you have an, uh, a format that can be followed. And is each one oh, of yes. the talks focuses on another aspect of Ignatian spirituality? Do you well, Taken. each of the talks, yeah, we yeah. usually have a title for the talk. So, for example, one of them that I gave for now for uh, Valentine's, I titled it uh, Choosing to Love in an Unloving World. And that was the woman's retreat, Choosing to Love in an Unloving World. And so I, I chose that title based because it was Valentine's, uh, uh, February 14th. It was Valentine's. And I had about 25 women over here. And so I wanted to focus on our first love, remember he loved us first, mm. and Jesus loved us first. So I used that, and I, we, I, I wove it in, of course, using the exercises as, as kind of the things that we hang up, but, but weaving it in with a, a specific theme. What's beautiful about the exercises is that you can, you can have a title, whether it's a Lenten theme, you know, uh, uh, whether it's uh, Advent theme, and so this, the directors that, that are assigned for the talk uh, have a theme, and, and each of them has a theme and a little description to go with that theme. But during the, during the three days, there is a schedule. And so, I mean, I'm literally looking at the schedule over here. They, they receive a little, a little booklet, and, and the schedule is there. So typically morning prayers at 7.50, breakfast at 8.00. Conference one at nine, conference two at eleven, lunch at at noontime with rest period and private prayer. Two thirty rosary slash stations of the cross. Three thirty prayer conference. Five fifteen mass. Six o'clock dinner. Seven thirty reconciliation or prayer conference. And so that's kind of the schedule uh, until they depart on Sunday after lunch. So it ends with eleven o'clock mass on Sunday, followed by a lunch, and then we take a picture of the whole group. And many of these people are repeats, but we get at least half of them are brand new because we invite them. We say, bring somebody with you, spread the word. And most importantly, we say, we don't want somebody to not come here because they say, I can't afford it. And I said, well, we don't have a price. We just have a suggested donation. So if you can't pay, we don't want that to be a reason not to come over here. There's no reason to not be able to make a retreat, even if you can't afford it. That's okay. That's okay. Some can pay more, some can pay less, some pay monthly. So we tell people it's it's uh, it's all donation for the for those weekend retreats. Oh, I'm I'm really fascinated by the schedule that you. I I, I sometimes uh, envision a silent retreat of sitting in your room, drumming my fingers, 
because mm. silence is not uh, something that uh, comes naturally to me. Yeah. And in uh, some of my efforts for my Lent this year have been to um, fast from my phone, fast mm-hmm. from some mm-hmm. social media. And I'm a, you mentioned your age is 52. I'm 62. So my dabbling with uh, social media is very limited mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. Facebook. But it's almost as if, um, and my I have a 28-year-old and a 21-year-old, and lo and behold, if they text me and I don't reply within their <laughs> approved amount of things, then they'll text my husband. What's wrong with mama? How come that, you know, we are not uh, used to not having instant communication. Right. And right. Uh, so, and it's only for, you know, a couple of days, three days, really. So it's not that long. But it's an inner solitude. I mean, sure, it's an outer solitude, too, but it's really an inner solitude because when we have these distractions, we really can't listen. The distractions are all around us, but it's really listening internally. What is the Lord saying to us? You know, I have this empty chair exercise, which is very popular. I invite people just to go off by themselves, bring a chair with you, a second chair, and have Jesus sit down with you and have a chat. Have a little, uh, in Spanish, we say a little charla, platica. And, and, you know, Christ is present there. So as you're sitting by the lake, as you're sitting under a tree, you know, he's there, you're listening and you're, and you're chatting with him much like you would a friend. So the silence is really, it's, it's kind of like a social distancing, but in a way that you're not because you're really all together, you're praying for each other, but you know that each person is coming here, has separated themselves for the purpose of being able to grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus. So you're not alone because you know that there's others there too throughout the property and at prayer at mass and even eating in our dining hall, Simon Commons, they're eating in the dining hall. We have quiet music and each person is able to sit there. And, you know, some of them do a lot of journaling. People that don't journal, they do a lot of journaling because there's so much that's pouring forth now as they're, as they're attentive. That's, we're ready to go right now, Thaddeus. <laughs> Come on over, Thaddeus. You guys, you, and, he, and I would say this, I know that a lot of callers can't call in, but tell them to feel free to call me personally over here. Ask for Father Ron Gonzalez. You know, I mean, I'm we live here, we work here, we sleep here, so I'm always ready. Uh, even if they left a message, I'll call them. Give I, us I'm, give us that I'm, contact number again, Father. So our our number is area code nine four zero three two one six zero two zero, and my extension is two two nine. So um, and I do call back. I'm I'm like. Uh, I'm like, why wait for tomorrow? What you can do yesterday? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> well, well, Father Ron, uh, this is Thaddeus Romancy again, and I told you I might jump in at some point. We have about yes. nine minutes left. Um, okay. I, you know, I'm also a product of Jesuit education. I went to Regis Jesuit in Denver many, ah, many okay. years the, ago. The university or the high school? At both? the high school. The high school. Yes, okay. sir. Okay. Okay. And um, it was it was single sex at that time. They now have a girls' campus, as you you may recall. Yeah. But I wanted yeah. to ask the what are what are some of the you know neat differences or the significant differences between the the men's and the women's retreat or maybe another way into that question is do you have to do something different to to get you know men to want to come on a spiritual retreat rather than women are they looking for something different kind of talk about that that's no. that's curious to me. 
Yes. Well, like I said, I've only been here for eight months. And so mm -hmm. this is my, I've been doing parish work. But what I've discovered here is that when the men come over here, these are men that uh, are typically businessmen, uh, lawyers, doctors. We've got people here who have been on this journey. And the same is true with the women. These, these are professionals. These are people who, who uh, have lived life, the good and the bad, and, uh, and yet that they, in the midst of, of this time of their life, uh, and many of them come yearly, is that they want to maintain that relationship and they want to deepen it. Every retreat that they come here, even if it's every year, every year is going to be different. Mm -hmm. Not only will they have a, you know, another person giving the talks, but because they are at a different place in their spiritual lives and their spiritual journey. Um, but they are the fact that they're here, the fact that they're coming here, even if it's, you know, maybe a person invite them, even though if they're fearful, once they get here, once they get here, I've seen that all of them want to listen. They want to be present. And, and as their heart opens, what happens is we tend to get, you know, get, get closed again. When we leave in any retreat, we get closed. But every retreat is, is completely unique. So um, I'm always impressed. I'm always impressed because if we as directors are genuine, you know, when we give our talks, our presentations, you know, we share our own faith, our own spiritual journeys, but we are also using something, Ignatian spirituality, that has been most helpful. It was basically Ignatius's gift to the church. It's very adaptable in the high schools. You got it there at your high school at Regis, mm -hmm. at our universities. It is, it, you can recognize when you go to a Jesuit uh, parish, we've got one, or we used to have one uh, in Dallas, St. Rita's used to be a Jesuit parish. But but you can tell the difference in how they preach, in how they hear confessions, in uh, even just this conversation that I'm, you know, giving, you know, talking with you all here. It comes through. But uh, it's some, it's a hunger. It's a spiritual hunger. I've noticed that the men, it takes them a little bit longer, just a little bit, but eventually they too are are comfortable enough to open their hearts. The women are, are quite open. They're very open. And, and the men, it just takes a little bit longer, but they eventually the spirit opens their heart as well. Oh, that's great. Father, um, my husband is in his fourth year of formation to become a deacon here in the Austin Diocese. Uh, thanks be to God. And we yeah. had a weekend of Ignatian spirituality retreat. It wasn't a silent retreat. It was for Keith and I, it was as much information about Ignatian spirituality rather than being taken through taken through right. a retreat process. So um, a couple of things that stuck with me, uh, we have we have about five minutes left, so I'm going to let you choose okay. um, a subject that we could possibly close with and uh, either uh, desolation okay. and consolation tended, okay. tended to be a great um, conversation for Keith and I and also the examine. I don't know if <laughs> it may be yeah, difficult. Yeah, I think we could do consolation and desolation. Those are the two things that are really good because we often, uh, it has to do with um, where, what, where are these voices, these things, you know, is this coming from the good spirit? Is this coming from God, from the Holy Spirit? Or is this coming from the evil one, the evil spirit? Is this coming from the negative spirit that's not of God? And typically what you do in, in, in what we call the discernment of spirits is really, even in spiritual direction, trying to determine, is this what you're hearing, is that coming from the good spirit? Well, the way you discern is you ask yourself, first and foremost, am I drawn closer to God? 
am I given, you know, in, in this particular, what I'm hearing and what I'm responding to, is it bringing me more faith, hope, love, trust, tranquility, or the opposite, which would be desolation, anxiety, fears, uncertainty, doubts, you know, less faith, less trust. Those are the two things that you're looking for that you want to see. And once you've determined that, then you recognize, as you get better at it, you recognize which is coming from the Lord, which is coming from the good spirit. Because more often than not, we allow those negative voices, the voices that come from the the evil spirit, to plague us, the voices that plague us, plague, plague our thought. And, and what we try to do in the exercises, and this is what the good spirit does typically in a retreat, it encourages us to quiet those, those negative things and to rather to listen more closely to his voice, to the Lord's voice. Because if we can't tell the difference, then we often start to get stuck and we assume that we're not worthy, that, you know, we fall into scruples which is scruples is like OCD with regards to morality. And of course, the evil one loves that because it keeps us away from experiencing God's mercy, love and forgiveness. That's what that's what exactly that is. And so um, the, the consolation and desolation is really what goes on here is to try to listen carefully. Where where is that coming from? And so the meetings with the priests allows you to kind of to kind of help discern that even more. I am grateful, really. I am grateful for the spiritual exercises. I love it. I mean, for me, once I understood it, I said, that's it. That's what that for me really works. And so it works. It really does. It helps people to to discern that. One one wonderful thing that um, I took away from that portion of our weekend was knowing that men and women experience desolation and consolation in such a different, drastic way that um, perhaps a man will hear something, uh, have a feeling something towards that says, I'm not good enough. And the woman yes. hears it more like I'm not fill in the blank pretty enough, uh, yes, efficient exactly. enough, good enough, and in a completely different sense. And I thought that was really fascinating. And, also, and many of these men are, 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 these are successful men. You know, these are people who by external standards, but internally, and that's what we're working on. The spirituality works on our internal, on the, on the spiritual part of ourselves. Father Ron, you've uh, given us so many uh, aspects of the retreat center and a, what a weekend would look like. I want to use the last minute or so of our interview for you to um, give a good invitation, good contact information, and how a, one of our listeners can find out more about your retreats and your retreat center. Excellent. Thank you. So I first want to invite everyone that we are more interested for people to come and pray, not to pay. It's, it's all, it's donation. We want people to pray. To begin, go to our website, www.montserratretreat.org, or just put Google Jesuit Retreat Houses and click under the little dot by Denton, Texas. Our phone number here is 940-321-6020. I'm Father Ron Gonzalez. I'm a Jesuit, and we're all Jesuits here. And please call us for any questions, or maybe if you're in the area, and if you want to stop by for a visit, I'll be happy to give you a little tour. 
uh, preferably uh, not during the Thursday to Sundays when we typically have retreats, but sometime we can during the week. It is a place for you to recharge your spiritual batteries, to listen more carefully to the voice that's coming from the Lord and not the opposite. And as always, to find that peace and that tranquility here at Montserrat. So we welcome everyone, all those, whether they're Catholic, Christian, searchers, nuns, N-O-N-E-S, that want to at least give it a second chance. This is the place. Absolutely. Well, Father, I I couldn't be more grateful. I want to again thank Ann Bame for tapping us on the shoulder here at Red Sea Roundup to have this suggestion uh, as a great interview, and that it was. And if you could, Father... Could you give us a, a prayer and a blessing to close out the show? We have about of course, 10 seconds. Of course. And so, good and gracious God, we ask you to bless each of us, all the listeners, all those who are searching. We ask you to give them strength, courage, and hope in their pilgrimage, in their journey of faith. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A-M-D-G, for the greater glory of God. Thank you so much, Father. And thank you, listeners. You've been a part of Red Sea Roundup.